Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome back to At The Half with your girl, Jackie Ray, here on CBTV Radio and 950 Lounge and wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, iTunes, wherever. I got you. Thank you so much for all the new followers and subscribers out there. I'm pretty excited about that. That was, that just really made my weekend, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Um, don't forget to go follow me on everything social media, specifically Instagram. That's where I hang out the most. J Ray the Fanatic. So go ahead and venture over there. So hopefully you can kind of hang out with me as my Lakers try to figure out how to get it together. Uh, I don't know if you saw the game this weekend, but it, it was rough. It was it was really rough. We lost 92 to 107 to the Toronto Raptors. They was out there playing like Kawhi never left. Like they had something to prove to Kawhi. Um, but it was it was it was rough. And uh, Danny Green didn't score any points. Um, they are playing again on Monday, but I'm going to talk to you guys about that on Thursday because I'm actually going to do this before the game and then go check that out. Um, but yeah, you guys, uh, Danny Green, no points. LeBron James, 20 points. J.R. Smith only played seven, a little over seven minutes. He didn't score any points. Um, Anthony Davis didn't even really hit a shot for a long period of time. They could have solidified the number one spot had they gotten it together, but it it just looked rough out there, y'all. I don't know. The Clippers seem to be firing on all cylinders, and that was with missing people. So I am a little concerned about this, y'all. I'm not even going to lie. Um, by the time I check in with you again on, on Thursday, they would have played the Utah Jazz uh so yeah, they're playing again. I, I, it's, it's, look, hopefully I'm in better spirits, but we got a lot to talk about today. So we're going to get into a lot. We're going to talk about, um, a lot of, you know, the, the racists are still, they're flying high and, uh, I'm, I'm just going to get into this first one right now because this first one is tough for me. So let me just say this. Let me just tell you, if you're not an ally in this social movement, or if you present yourself in blatant opposition to this Black Lives Matter movement, to me, I'm not talking about anybody else, to me, you are an enemy of the state, and I have to cancel you. I'm not talking about canceling culture here, I'm talking about canceling the individual. Um, there's no air, gray area on this one for me, because we've been at this a long time. We have been trying to move towards social change, social equality, social justice, for a long time. This is a fight that my great great grandparents are fighting and we have not won it yet. So I don't have any gray areas on this. I don't have the whole, oh, but what about? No, there are zero gray areas on this specific topic for me. Um, this is the other thing I think we need to realize too. As black people, we need to realize that sometimes the enemy of the state lies within. There are Jason Whitlocks in the world. There are Candace Owens in the world, Ben Carson in the world, Stacey Dash in the world. There are people who, though they might be black, do not have black interests at heart. They kind of align themselves with a very white, very racist agenda. We can't save everybody, y'all, nor can we give a damn about what those people say about our movement. We need to just literally walk around with black ignorance ear earmuffs on. We just, we have to tune it out. We cannot include it in our narrative at all. We can't give it any credit at all, in my opinion. So I have to take a moment and I have to 
kind of addressed the Orlando Magic forward, Jonathan Isaac, who decided to show in blatant, it was just flat out blatant disregard for the movement that we're trying to be on. He showed his disdain for it, his lack of support for it. Now he went out of his way and that's the thing. It wasn't just like, oh, he decided to not wear a Black Lives Matter jersey. Oh, he just, he went out of his way to show opposition to this movement. Um, he stood during the national anthem. He didn't wear the Black Lives Matter shirt. Um, and I, I cannot, I cannot tell you enough how much I am not buying his religious excuse because it's absurd. I do not give allowances for people when they hide behind their patriotism and say, I'm not a racist. I'm a patriot. I'm a patriot. No, you a damn racist. And I am not giving you any religious passes on your ignorance, Jonathan. It's flat out ignorant. And you should be completely ashamed. On top of that, you, we as a people have to really dig deeper and look at who these individuals who are black and are speaking out against their best interests. Something's not firing right, number one. Something's just all the way off. But outside from that, before you even start to make any, oh, he's just religious and safe, whatever the hell you're trying to say about him, you need to look at who he is at a pers as a person, which I did. I scrubbed this man's Twitter. He only has, he only follows 300 people, just a little over 300 people. So you know, whoever he is following, he is very selective about that. He's just not like doing like for likes, follow for follows. He's not doing that. He is selective in who he follows. He follows Candace Owens. He follows a lot of Republicans who are anti-Black Lives Matter who have said that we are a communist and a terrorist organization. He follows a lot of these people, including Ben Shapiro, Shapiro and Madeline Kearns. Madeline Kearns is a writer for the NRO. The NRO <laughs> is a news organization that I implore you, just go Google them, go look and see what they talk about. Every chance they get to say something negative about black people, forget Black Lives Matter, black people. Every chance they get to say something negative about black people and shine us in this monstrative light, they take it. She is a writer for NRO. This organization, this is the same organization that black players had to have Mike Gundy apologize for. And he said, oh, I didn't know they was racist. He was a damn lie. And so is Jonathan Isaac. I'm going to get to the absurdity in his, uh, in what he said, um, because to me, it's just weird. Let me just circle back though, because some of these Christians that he, he, he follows a lot of Christians. He follows a lot of Republicans that say God first. And then you go into their Twitter and it's a whole lot of hell on their, on their Twitter, a whole lot of hate, whole lot of hell. They lying. Right. So that that's number one. And I personally know in my family, I am not Christian, by the way, just this disclaimer out there. I was raised Christian. I actually started seminary school and was in that for a year because I thought that I was going to end up in ministry. Um, I actually started on a very long religious journey. Um, but that's what it is. Religion and spirituality, two totally different things. Um, so once I became spiritually awakened, I have to admit Christianity no longer made sense to me. I personally do not down anyone on their religious beliefs. Um, I know great Muslims. Some of my closest friends are Muslim. I know great Jewish people. I have a huge Jewish, uh, circle. 
I know a lot of people in a lot of different religions. Some of the most giving people I know happen to be atheists. So I don't actually think you have to be affiliated with any religion to be a good person. Whatever makes you a better person from Buddhist to atheist, Christian to whatever, I'm down for it. But there's certain parameters that I still have to kind of set because you're just not going to come over here with a whole bunch of religious rigmarole and think I'm a fall for it. This, what Jonathan Isaac is doing is religious rigmarole. So that being said, he said that, um, Jesus and the love for God is what caused him to stand for the national anthem and not wear a black lives matter shirt. He said he didn't feel like wearing a black lives matter shirt was necessary for this black lives matter movement. And he says, yes, he thinks black lives matter, but he thinks all lives matter because all of us are God's children and all of us should seek Jesus and blah, 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 blah. I'm only paraphrasing because it was so ridiculous that I don't think it deserves a, a quote by quote favor. <laughs> so, because here's the thing, let's be clear. And we have to have a real come to Jesus conversation about this, don't we? The only book during slavery that we were allowed to read. Now keep in mind, if we as black people, as slaves, read anything, we were either beaten or killed. We were not allowed to read. The exception to that was the Bible. The exception to that was this white Jesus that they forced down our throats. I, I can't, I, that's why I literally don't feel like I have to say anything else because I feel like if, if, if you saying the Bible and Jesus Christ, which is a, which is a God that you probably wouldn't even have known had it not been for colonization, when that's your reasoning for not joining in a movement that benefits you, benefits people that look like you, benefits your children, if you should happen to have a black wife and have that black family, um, that's asinine to me because it, only, it doesn't take much to figure out that there was a reason why that was the book we were allowed to read. We weren't allowed to read, and it was a slave Bible on top of that. It wasn't even a real Bible. It was a slave Bible that they edited the way that they wanted it to, to be, which the whole entire Bible is edited, but that's another story for another day. My point is, you got to look at that. On top of that, the Bible that you read from, Jonathan Isaac, is also the same Bible that the Ku Klux Klan is reading from. It's the same Jesus. So you walking around here like your love for Jesus would save us all. Uh, Republicans are Christian. Here's the thing. Christianity is the number one religion in this country. I'm going to tell you right now, if you go to the family of the police officers who murdered Breonna Taylor, I bet you all, if not most of them, are Christian. I would bet you that the men that put their knee, on the, the officer that put his knee on George Floyd's neck, I bet you he identifies as Christian. The, the president of the United States, we know how much of a demon he is. He identifies as Christian. So there are people, being Christian does not absolve you from anything. Being Christian and black will not save your life. It will not. I know people are saying, oh, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. These same Christians out here talking about, oh, the blood of Jesus is going to save you from the coronavirus. It's illogical. It's moronic. And it is a disrespectful display for people who are out here trying to make change for someone like you. And here's the other thing that I know. I have said it before. I'm going to say it again. 
What we are seeing right now, as far as this social movement, I have been very leery of these quote unquote allies that we have, because I don't believe that a leopard changes its spots. And if it does, it takes decades, if not centuries for the spots to change because it's, it's genetic at some point, right? So you can't expect people who have always done things a certain way and who have benefited from things to be a certain way to suddenly the masses of them to wake up and say, oh, no, nah, we was wrong this whole time. Let's spark change. I do believe there is a very small number. I believe thousands of people um, that are not black are definitely on this train with us that definitely are pushing for a new dawn to a new day where we are all seen as equal. Thousands, not, not millions by any stretch of the imagination. And I think what kind of put the exclamation point on that thought process for me is seeing that Jonathan Isaac, a name that unless you are an Orlando fan, you probably just don't say, it doesn't roll off your tongue. His jersey sales went through the roof. His jersey sales didn't go through the roof because he tore his ACL the very next day. And people were like, oh, you know, let me buy his jersey because I hope he gets well soon in this difficult bubble time. That's not why people bought his jersey, y'all. They bought his jersey because he presented himself as an antagonist to the Black Lives Matter movement. And there's nothing more than white people that white people love than that one. That's why them, them black twin, them black women that always kiki in or whatever for Donald Trump. That's why they have millions of followers, not because they have ever once in their entire life said anything educated or anything that made sense. How could they? The, the leader of the free world doesn't say anything that makes sense. So I'm not, I mean, they just following suit, but that's why they have so many followers is because the masses always want that. That's why the black, white people loved Kanye West for so long, because he was out here talking about make America great again. He was saying ridiculous things like, oh, Donald Trump is not racist. Now, I know I have said that I don't think um, Kanye West is as crazy as we think. I don't think he is as crazy as we think, but he has some crazy moronic moments, and that's those are two of them. So for me, Jonathan Isaac, though I understand people, you know, like Paul George had his back and I respect Paul George immensely. I respect him co-signing on what Jonathan had to say, because at the end of the day, I am 100% pro free speech, including hate speech. This to me is hate speech. Like I said, I was raised a Christian. Make no mistake. There is a lot of racism in Christianity. You can go to any church across the country, including my mother's church, anytime something negative happens to black people and you will hear silence. That silence is deafening. If Christians don't want to take up arms and fight the good fight, then who else will? If you spoke, if you so saved, sanctified and filled with the Holy ghost, Jonathan Isaac owes black people an apology. I know that I done pissed off a lot of you and that's fine. Cause so has Jonathan Isaac. All right. When we come back, we're going to get into, um, Another organization that decided a dog attack, though it was fake, on Colin Kaepernick was warranted. So stay with us. We got that coming up next. In order to achieve effective change and create a new canvas of optimism, empathy must lead the charge. This moment signifies our charge, our brotherhood, our unity. 
Equality and unity cannot be until there is empathy. Today and every day, we come together as brothers, as equals, all with the same goal, to level the playing field, to change the injustices. Equality is not just a word, it's our right. All right, welcome back once again. This is At The Half with your girl Jackie Ray on CBTV Radio and 950 Lounge. Don't forget to follow me everywhere at Fanatic. This one is an interesting story, guys. So you guys know I'm a huge Colin Kaepernick fan. He is definitely one of my living heroes. Uh, my personal biggest hero is Malcolm X. That probably explains a lot for those of you guys who didn't know that. If you didn't know that, it's because you're not following me on social media. So make sure you venture over to my Instagram or Twitter. Follow me at Fanatic. Because you should have known that by now. But this one is difficult for me because I'm also um, the youngest of six. Um, my dad spent 25 years in the Air Force. So we are a military family. I, if you, again, if you follow me anywhere on social media, this is not new information. If, it, if this is new for you and you're offended, welcome. Um, <laughs> but I personally have not stood for the national anthem in over 12 years because I just don't believe in it. I don't, I don't believe in anything that the person who wrote the national anthem, who was a born again racist, I don't believe in anything, any, not one word in the national anthem. I don't believe in the symbol that that fabric, when I speak of the American flag, I don't believe in the symbol that it's supposed to be has not been achieved. On top of that, when both of those things were created, black people were considered property. I don't feel like I owe anything to anybody on that flag or that song. So I don't stand. It's not that the song's not for me. I'll stand to lift every voice and sing because that song was written specifically for me. I don't really care how people feel about that. That being said, being from a military family, which by the way, my dad fully supported my decision to not stand. If you want to talk about that, go ahead and DM me on my social media. We can talk about it. But um, I believe in the military because again, being around military people my whole life, the common theme was we're fighting for your freedom. We're fighting so you can have the right to peacefully assemble, that you can have the right to protest, that you can have the right, which is our constitutional right, to call the government out on their BS to draw their attention to things that don't work. Every military the person that I've personally been around um, feels that way. So to me, and, and we know this shouldn't be a, a weird thing because we also know that Colin Kaepernick was originally sitting down and it was a military vet that came to him and said, hey, you should kneel instead because kneeling is not a sign of disrespect. By the way, if you ever are curious, you can go to any military website and they will tell you all the ways in which you can disrespect the flag. Kneeling is not one of them. Um, putting it on your uniform, that is one of them. Um, cutting it up like a bikini. That's one of them wearing is at a, those fake little sunglasses that y'all wear on 4th of July. That's one of them having it on plates. That's one of them. There's a lot of ways that you are technically disrespecting the flag that most of y'all do, but yet and still you want to call, call, call Colin Kaepernick out for not disrespecting the flag because you have some preconceived notions in your head that are wrong. Very interesting when you think about it like that. Nonetheless, um, coming from a military background and a military family, I, I just, I expect more from my military. Um, I, again, I definitely know that there is racism in everything. 
There's nothing in this world that doesn't have a level of racism in it. I get that. Just like I said, there's racism in Christianity. I would be naive to think that there's race there, that, that there's not racism in our military. But I still, because that's, you know, that's where my family came from, I still expect difference. So when I see something like I saw um, online <laughs> over this weekend, it, it was it was hurtful. Um, but there's a video, and again, if you want to see it, go to either my YouTube or my um, J. Ray the Fanatic Instagram page. But there is a video of some white Navy SEALs who were putting more value on that piece of fabric and that song written by a racist than they were the reasons, the reasons, by the way, that we are seeing in their true form right now during this movement. They think those things mean more than Colin Kaepernick, the person. That's the funny thing, right? Because regardless of what you think about his protest, which it's still weird to me if you don't think he's justified in doing that, but he's still a person. But these Navy SEALs thought differently. So Bill Corbin is a film director. And a year ago, he documented how these Navy SEALs, they were doing a canine demonstration at the Navy SEAL Museum for a fundraiser. And they basically pretended that Colin Kaepernick is... Um, some sort of person that's probably going to do harm to people and they let the dogs loose on him. So that's the first video. Then the next video that surfaced is of the guy that's pretending to be Colin Kaepernick. He's on the ground and he says something to the effect of, okay, I'll stand, I'll stand, or okay, I won't kneel. Um, like I said, you can watch the video on my YouTube or on my um, Instagram page. But this is disturbing to me because again, what you're saying is that what Colin Kaepernick did was so deplorable that you'd like to sick the dogs on him. In the crowd was mostly white people. And I'm only saying mostly because I didn't see, you know, obviously I don't have some sort of, you know, high tech computer where I can go in and literally look at every single member of that crowd. There might've been a jo Jonathan Isaac in the crowd. I don't know. But from what I could see, it was only white people in the crowd some of those white people in the crowd were uniformed officers. In the background, you also see um, military equipment. So this was definitely a very military event, which is definitely hurtful because in my mind, the first thing I think is like, okay, we definitely can't depend on our police to protect us. That's out. There's no safety in that. I, I can and attest to this that you really can't depend on the military because I saw them go from very well. Like when I was on the protest, there was times when I was walked by cops. I was terrified just because of how they were looking at us. But every time I walked past a military person, they just said, okay, be safe. Okay. Be safe. You know, they, they acknowledged us. They let us know that they were here for us. It was very comforting. But then when the police decided to act a damn fool, the military followed suit. So it was very, it was a very weird again, because I think maybe more so for me because of my mindset and because of what I believe the military believes in their heart. So it was just a weird dynamic to see. Um, and I, again, I, I made an allowance. I was like, this must be an LA, this must not be real military folks. This is LA military folks, because you just don't want to believe that your military who is supposed to protect your freedoms would all of a sudden stand against you in your freedom and your right to peaceful protest. Nonetheless, um, the Navy 
Special Warfare Command um, said that they don't believe that the video is symbolizes what they believe, which of course we knew that fake apology was coming. But what they said is we became aware today of a video of a Navy SEAL museum event posted last year with a military working um, a dog demonstration. In the demonstration, the target is wearing a Colin Kaepernick jersey. The inherent message of this video is completely in. Um, I'm sorry, completely inconsistent with the values um, of the Naval SEALs warfare and the U.S. Navy. We are investigating the matter fully, and, and, and initial investigations are that there were no active duty personnel or equipment involved with the implement um, with the independent organization's event. So they're saying that these people we saw aren't real military, uh, which is funny to me because technically the Navy SEAL Museum is not a part of the Department of Defense or the U.S. Navy. But military people are. So I'm a little confused as to what the Navy is saying with this. Um, I, again, it's it's one of those things that I feel like is tragic. It's, it's embarrassing, especially when we can see this. I, I don't have a lot to say on this one, you guys. I just, I just don't. Um, but I do have another quick point before we go to our next break. Um, let's just read. Let's just read the First Amendment because I feel like a lot of people have no idea what the First Amendment actually says. So the First Amendment actually says, word for word, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or the press or the right of the people to peacefully assemble to petition the government for a redress of grievances. What y'all mad about? Like that's literally in the First Amendment. What are y'all out here so mad about? Colin Kaepernick never laid hands on anybody. He never got in front of the podium and declared peaceful people terrorists. He never said that there's good side, there's good people on both sides when one of them are clearly Klansmen. Y'all got a y'all got a terrorist in the White House that most of y'all won't say anything negative about. So how is it y'all? Cause I'm so confused. I really am. I really am. I just want to build a wayward pines for black people and just have us all go somewhere and be safe. Cause y'all getting on my nerves. <laughs> like I can't even, I can't even lie. Like this to me is so tragic. Um, we have uh, Senator Sean Roberts who said he wanted to tax or take away the luxury tax from Oklahoma City Thunder if they kneeled on Saturday. Of course they kneeled on Saturday. This guy has like 600 followers. Nobody cares what he says. But the fact is, is he said it. And the fact is these, these military men did it. And the fact is these cops do it. And the fact is that so many people in this country who are not black co-sign on it. How are we supposed to feel safe is my question. That's my question. Y'all let me know what you think. Go ahead and DM me at uh, jraythefanatic on Twitter or on Instagram. Follow me um, everywhere, every week on 950 Lounge or come check me out on The Fumble, wherever. Let me know how you think we're supposed to feel safe as black people in this country because I have no clue. None. We're going to take a break, though. When we come back, we're going to get into some lighter news. I feel like I'd be always a little heavy with y'all. So we're going to get into some lighter news, something that's kind of fun, something that's kind of troubling. Um, but then something that's cute. So stay with us. Once again, this is Jackie Ray, 950 Lounge and CBTV. 
Radio. We'll be right back. We always hear about an athlete's humble beginnings. How they emerge from poverty or tragedy to beat the odds. They're supposed to be the stories of determination that capture the American dream. They're supposed to be stories that let you know these people are special. But you know what would be really special? There were no more humble beginnings. All right, all right, all right. We are back, you guys. 950 Lounge, CBTV Radio at the half with your girl, Jackie Ray. Make sure you follow me on all things social media at Fanatic. Let's get into something light, something kind of interesting, something kind of funny. So um, it's not funny, haha, though, but it is interesting to me because I, if you follow me um, anywhere with Nick Hamilton, um, on our opposite reaction, the opposite reaction podcast, you know, one of the things that I struggle with is responsible journalism. I think that as journalists, we have a, a duty. Don't get me wrong. I know people say, oh, you shouldn't editorial. No, you can definitely editorialize. You can definitely put your opinion in there, especially if you're not a hard news reporter. Anything outside of hard news, if you're doing entertainment, business, business and sports are all how we kind of evaluate numbers. So, that's a little different. I fully expect people to put their opinions in things and I'm okay with that. So, but what I do, what I am against, I don't like irresponsible journalism. I didn't like it when those uh, reporters released that Kobe was dead before they could confirm that the family had been notified. I didn't like that. Um, I don't like the way that we portray people where we put stuff out there that may or may not be true and leave it to the court of public opinion before somebody can actually go through the due process, whether it be in a court of law or in the NFL, for example, who suffers from a lot of these types of things. I don't like that kind of thing. I think it is our responsibility to deliver news as it happens, not to kind of dictate how that news goes, not to direct it in any way, shape or form outside of like, you know, opinions like this. I do think some of y'all need to get it together, but I just don't think racism is going to go away, so I don't care if you do or you don't. But Odell Beckham Jr., I think he gets such a bad rap. I think that he is definitely a passionate person. I think that he acts out sometimes, but I definitely don't think there's anything malicious in it. I think he probably has a good heart. I've never met him personally, but from what I've seen from people who have had, have met him or things that people who have met him, what they say about him, all good things all that he's got a good heart and he's a barrel of laughs and he likes to joke. And, and I just think that he gets a bad rap because the media all of a sudden has decided that he has antics on the sidelines. But again, I think when people say that kind of thing, they've never played a competitive sport at a high level, because I think when you're passionate about what you do, you do get a little inflammatory. Not everybody, obviously not everybody, but we didn't watch the last dance. We didn't watch 10 episodes of the last dance of, Michael Jordan being a nice guy. That's not what we saw for 10 episodes. He was a jerk. This, this again, comes from a level of expectation, not only from yourself, but of teammates. 
And ever since he had that incident where he kind of got into it with the the kicking net on the sideline, it's been rough for your boy Odell. And I don't like it because I really, really do like Odell. But here's my problem with the current situation regarding Odell. On Monday, I woke up to headlines from TMZ Sports. I ultimately saw it on the Washington Post and in the New York Times as well. But the headline said, Odell Beckham calls for the NFL season to be canceled for 2020. Right? So a lot of people only read headlines. If you see this, you'd be like, oh, damn, you know, Odell wants the season to be canceled. And you probably wouldn't think anything of it because we've had all these players that opted out so far. And it's a lot of players. So far, um, the only teams to not have players opt out is the 49ers, Buccaneers, Cardinals, Chargers, Colts, Dolphins, Falcons, Raiders, Rams, and Steelers. That's 10 teams. That is only 10 of the 32 teams that don't have anybody that has opted out. Um, 42 players across 10 teams. That's a lot. A lot of people. So, yes, it's easy to see this headline as a, ooh, here we go again. Here we go with another Odell. Now Odell should, because now we can put all our opinions on that. I'm okay with those opinions, especially if this headline was true. Because now it's like, damn, Odell, you know, now I get that why you would want to opt out, but we really kind of needed you not to opt out. My personal opinion would be because now people are going to see you differently. Because you can't win for losing in the court of public opinion. You can't opt out. You can't. If the season is canceled, fine. That's not on you. But Odell. You got to go out there and prove yourself, you know, not which he shouldn't because he's so talented. But you guys know what I'm saying. The problem is, again, this headline is completely inaccurate. This was an interview that Odell did with WSJ magazine. The interview took place before the NFLPA reached an agreement with the league about the COVID-19 protocol on July 24th. This interview, I don't have the exact day, but this interview happened before July 24th, we all know, well, not all of us. If you're not really a football fan, you might not know. But most of us know Odell Beckham showed up for the July 28th training camp. So when you see this headline, you assume, oh, damn, he showed up, but now he's about to be one of these players that opt out. He's not. This is just a bad headline all the way around to me because, again, you're throwing negative light on this player who has a ton of negative light on him and it's reckless. I get it's not a big, big deal, but you know, that's, that's like saying, I don't know if AB gets back in who, yay, AB, sorry, sidebar, finally got some closure because now he's suspended for eight games, which him being suspended for eight games means the NFL has reached a decision. So now, even though he's going to miss half of the season, Um, teams can start talking to him. So I am hoping that we see him back in the league very soon, but let's take Antonio Brown. Um, let's take Antonio Brown in, in his past. If we see Antonio Brown back in the league and he, all of a sudden there's a headline that says AB smacks the hell out of a woman on an elevator or something like that. This has never happened. I'm just throwing, I'm making this up. Then come to find out this is AB on an elevator with a woman 10 years ago, smacking her in her butt as she's twerking on him, right? That's irresponsible. You know, you, you have to understand where that person is. I, now look, as a news source, I get why you would want to write that headline 
because it's clickbait. Because now everybody read that TMZ story. TMZ might be hurting for sports headlines right now because it came from TMZ Sports. And I get it. The fumble, we was hurting for sports headlines for a while because there was no real sports. But now sports are back. So now you're just trying to build up those followers that you lost. I get it. All I'm saying is be responsible. Let's not let's not portray people in an in a negative light because you could literally just go to Odell Beckham's Twitter page if you just needed an Odell headline and you would see Bleacher Report took some video of his of his shoe closet, which I didn't realize it was a shoe closet until I read. Again, you got to read. Reading is fundamental. And I see that this, what looked like a warehouse to me, I thought it was a shoe warehouse. It was Odell Beckham's shoe closet. That was insane to me. And I was, in my head, I was like, this is ridiculous. Don't nobody need this many shoes. Like, what is Odell doing? That was my first thought. But then you go down and you look in his Twitter page and you see some guy say, oh, I bet you Odell got 80% of those shoes for free. Odell tweets back and says, Yep, it was actually 85%, and I'm about to donate a ton of them. And he's really excited about that. That's a story that I would love to do. I would love to contact Odell's PR people and say, hey, saw that you're about Odell's about to donate these shoes. Where are you donating them? Who's going to benefit? Are they going to kids? Are they going to maybe second-chance adults who are in programs to maybe get them back into the society? Like, who are getting these shoes? I would love to do a story about that because that's a headline. That's a That's a... That's a whole new different side of Odell that I would love to portray as a journalist because I don't think he's getting a fair shake. And I think it's irresponsible because he does put out these tidbits of like awesomeness that if a a good journalist could just pick it up and just take it. So I think uh, myself, Nick Hamilton, somebody from the fumble, I think we're going to have to contact Odell and figure out who these shoes are going to because I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, The NFL also, this is one more thing before we get out of here because I'm concerned about this one. Um, the NFL has also given the NFL players until Thursday, this Thursday at 4 PM, which is exactly when 4 PM Eastern, which is the time that at the half on Thursday is going to air. That's the deadline for all NFL players to opt out. I am concerned about this because I don't think that if any, we've learned anything from this virus, we've learned that it is ever changing that we thought we might be in the full clear, especially here in California, and then we opened back up and wa-bam. Florida's all over the place. Vegas is all over the place. This virus is, has no timeline on it. There's no certainty in it. So, yeah, as a football player, I might feel okay to play today. I might feel okay to play on Thursday and 4 p.m. Eastern time. Two weeks from now, maybe someone in my family got it. And now I'm seeing a different side of that because now they're in ICU and this person has been 100% healthy and it just knocked them off their feet. Maybe all of a sudden, if it's, it's an NFL player who doesn't have children right now, maybe they find out that their wife or their girlfriend is pregnant. Or maybe they do have kids and they, with, they think they have a healthy child. And now all of a sudden they find out that their kid is battling some sort of illness. I am very disappointed that the NFL decided to put a hard stop on when players can opt out because you know now what that's going to mean is if they opt out anytime after 4 p.m. on Thursday, that now that's going to affect whatever money they could get before opting out. I get that the NFL is trying to stop this mass exodus because of the virus, 
Um, but again, I just don't think that's fair. I don't think it's smart because I think that this is ever changing. And I think you have to be fluid in how you're handling, how players are handling it because we just don't know what's going on in their lives. And we don't know how they're mentally dealing with it, how their family are dealing with it. If it affects someone in their family, I'm disappointed in the NFL on this one. I can't say that I'm surprised that the NFL, because they've been constantly getting it wrong in my opinion, but Again, that's just my thoughts on that. Let me know what you think. Do you think that the NFL should have been more, like I said, fluid? Maybe even even if you say, hey, whatever percentage we were going to give you of your contract, you have until Thursday to confirm that. And then after that, it's going to be a case-by-case basis, which I could see that too. Um, I still wouldn't agree with it, but I could see it. So let me know your thoughts. Once again, I am Jackie Ray. If you haven't followed me on Instagram, make sure you follow me at jraythefanatic. Make sure you cheer for my Lakers. And for those of y'all who are super Christian out there and y'all are, no, don't, don't, no, no, never, let me take that back. I don't, I, if y'all, if you guys are Jonathan Isaac type Christians, I don't want you praying for LeBron. So I will pray myself. But make sure you guys hit me up on all social media at Jerry the Fanatic. Follow me every single weekday morning on the Fumble Live on YouTube. Just search the Fumble. And you can also follow me on Wednesdays on Dash Radio with Nick Hamilton on uh, with the Opposite Reaction. And I will see you guys on Thursday. Be safe. Enjoy this NBA restart. And I will talk to you soon. <laughs>